Boom. High Tech ATX. High Tech ATX. Boom ATX. In the house, co-host Glenn Hart, Director of Brazos, Director of Business Development for Broadus Construction. Realize we never really introduce ourselves at the beginning of the episode. Do, we don't really don't. We don't. Anymore. We don't. Who, who's my other co-host? Way over on the other other side there. L. William Snedeker the first. Oh, wow, that is fancy. Uh, that is. What does the L stand for? It's like a second or a third. Lee. <laughs> That's how our <laughs> listeners know me. That, that sounds fantastic. Lee, right? Fantastic. And I don't know. Voltex Systems Inc. Digitech Sales. Boom ATX. Yeah. Now my, swimming pool. Aerators. Oh, there you go. There you go. Last name Snedeker. And I have you in my phone as Lee Sneakers because, you know, it's much easier to pronounce. Easier to and, my, and my 10 year old saw that. His, his last name Sneakers? I'm like, no. <laughs> I, oh, whatever you want to call me. There you go. That's, that's what I tell my wife. Is, that's what she says. <laughs> we can make believe. There you go. There you go. Another another episode. We're so excited. We, we got, got a, got last a special week guest. in the books. And now yeah. we got a. Here we go. We just switched gears from. Hope helping the homeless to food and all kinds of other cool stuff. I mean, we got we got a, a Renaissance man in the house, Ellis Wynn Stanley. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Glad I do to, like your last. Glad name. to have you. Very English. What, is it? Yeah. Yeah. It really, I, I get the the like Stanley Tools part. You know, Wynn Stanley. I like it. You guys have a lot of construction in your background. Yeah. Yep. 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 Grew up doing construction. So. There you go. So, uh, of many many fames, but but definitely El Arroyo fame. Uh, currently, current owner, president, CEO. Yeah. What do you call your What do you call yourself? Yeah, like you said, call me whatever. Whatever. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, you and your wife Paige uh, running running El Arroyo for the last decade or so. Um, along with others, we'll get into uh, just a fascinating fascinating local. Austin, savor of all uh, of all that is precious around here. <laughs> How many times have you been on TV besides C-SPAN? Oh gosh, I have no probably idea. Probably a ton of interviews. A bunch but during COVID. I watched your your much bigger than fifteen minutes of fame on C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah, about uh, Obamacare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. yep, that's funny. Yeah, that was interesting. First first experience learning that the politicians are. You get invited out. I'm not sure if they were listening, but we were, yeah, like, we were there talking. We got to cover our bases so you come talk yeah, come and on. we'll ignore what you have to say because we're going to yeah. pass what we want anyway. That's right. Did you go all the way to Washington for that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was interesting. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Ellis goes to Washington. Ellis hey, goes to Washington. Hey, it could first be a time. children's book. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, about, the, about the very interesting child subject of insurance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. That. <laughs> we'll put some kids to sleep. That's right. Sure. That's right. Nighttime. But. Yeah. Well, gl- glad to have you here. I know you're a, a fellow Longhorn as well. Uh, I think we overlapped a few years there at the University of Texas. Uh, we already touched on your your family lineage there. What about how we're growing up? Where was that? In Austin or in Texas? In Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Lake Highlands area that's, of Dallas. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it was a big shift coming to Austin. A big shift. There you go. Yeah. So came to UT and. Uh, Understand maybe first job, uh, first summer was, was you wanted to be a bartender. Yeah, I took the, uh, I went to bartending school over off right down the street at 183 and uh, gosh, what's the name of that? Anyway, Shoal Creek, I guess. Well, bartending school. And uh, went and walked 6th Street 10, 12 times trying to get a job. Had a shirt and tie on. <laughs> to get a bartender <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, to get a job on 6th Street. <laughs> maybe a nose piercing and some tattoos exposed <laughs> on your neck would have been better. Yeah, yeah. I walked into this place called Side Street one Sunday night, and he said, oh, if you can start tonight, you're hired. And I was like, great, I'm ready to go. And he goes, no, no, go home and get presentable. Come back. <laughs> like, like, yeah, can't dress Tone like that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't come back in here looking like that again. Tone it down. So I'm yes, sure right. that was eye-opening as an 18-year-old from, from Dallas down on 6th Street. It was, so that was bartending a lot. school during college? I went to bartending school and then I got a job on Sixth Street. Is it first as a doorman okay. and then a bar back and then a bartender? Yep. So this is before your, even before your freshman year, right? Is it the summer starting starting right at your freshman year? Yeah, the bartending school was the summer before, and then I think my halfway through my freshman year, I started working down Sixth Street. Started making dreams come true. What yeah. year? What year was that? It was nineteen ninety nine. I was still in Utah or somewhere. I hadn't moved here yet. Back when Sixth Street was fun, yeah, it was a lot different back then. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was. Well, was it ever really safe though? I mean, <laughs> safer, safer, safe safer, fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still had pizza. Yeah, Ho- hoax, <laughs> hoax pizza and uh, Ropolos. Ropolos, yeah, yep. yeah. That that two a.m. That was uh, that was the place to be. Yeah, and there was a guy that walked around to the bars with a cooler every night after we'd close, and his name was Taco Man. 
And he said a cooler full of hot breakfast tacos. <laughs> that's awesome. Like, yeah. the, like the lady that sells tamales at Port A on the beach. Yeah. Just schlepping them out of her truck, you know, and you're so drunk and hungry. You're like, give me 12 of those. <laughs> it was awesome. See, and so that, that happened, but Alan was telling us that he couldn't give away peanut butter jelly sandwiches uh, to the <laughs> without, you know, legitimate business behind him. Yeah, it's uh, food safety. <laughs> I guess it all depends on how organized you are. Right, right. So so was it side streets that we said? Yeah, side streets. Okay, so that, that was your first foray into uh, into the bar business world, CD underground. Yeah. Uh, but no no restaurant business experience growing up. I mean, there's no family long term uh, got you interested in it. So you so you're uh, how do we how do we end up in the restaurant business? That came came pretty quick thereafter. Yeah, had had an opportunity to buy star seeds. Um, it was highly distressed, and it was. I was losing a bunch of money and it was wreck, you know, but, um, so this is I 35 frontage road, 30, yeah, no yeah, yeah. uh, Fiesta. Yeah. Right of? across. Well, right across from St. David's hospital in right. the parking lot of the days in. Right. Right. Concordia and, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And just sold it in 2018, but took the kids there for breakfast, uh, last weekend. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. It was their favorite place. Nice. So it's nice. still, I have never been, it's still alive and kicking. Yeah, they changed it to Stars Cafe. The people we sold it to changed it to Stars Cafe. And I think the people who bought it from them now are changing it back to Star Seeds Cafe. <laughs> Funny. And is it is it possibly short-lived by I-35 widening, or is it going to be? We're not sure. Yeah, I've been hearing that right since 2003, yeah. right. I guess. This time, this time is real. Yeah, that's right. It's going to happen. We're doing it's gonna happen. this time. Mm-hmm. Totally We're solving it. it. We're solving right. the traffic, I-35. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> So yeah, so that was you still were still were in college and decided I'm going to buy a cafe. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? I like it. Yeah, you know. I mean, we, we, did you frequent it a lot? Was this one of your favorite after after bar? I had been there one time with my coworkers <laughs> in the middle of the night, but I just wanted an opportunity to get started. I would have done. Yeah. I mean, I would have I would have cleaned poop out of a pig farm. <laughs> How did you get the lead on it being distressed and? It's a business broker. Yeah, it's a business broker listing. Yeah. Oh, inter- okay. Yeah. You're like, let's go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have to get that through fax or was there internet back then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was still fax, yeah. And it was very slow. Internet. It was DOS. Yeah. <laughs> there was a dial-up modem on the first point-of-sale system. <laughs> Every time a credit card would go out. Yeah. To... <laughs> yeah. Oh, very so good. So that was uh, – I read that you guys had a lot of construction background mm-hmm. growing up. So yeah. you just like – other than bartending, you're like, I'm going to run a restaurant. Yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to work on something. Yeah. I either wanted to drop out of college and go to the military or start a business and so or buy Entre- a business. Entrepreneur. So, yeah. You're just, like, let's do it. Class wasn't the limited amount that I went to class, it was not enough to keep my time full. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're like so you stopped bartending then and just went, I'm gonna go I'm cooking. I'm running a restaurant. I'm first I went to drop out of college and do the military and then did the restaurant instead. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But I did college at the same time, just eventually graduated. A little bit of both. Yeah. Just take your time. Yeah. Like that, is it Rodney Dangerfield movie where he's in college till he's like 30 or something? <laughs> it didn't take me that long, thankfully, but I, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not a doctor either. So, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people go to college for eight years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, Star Seeds, so they were struggling and, and you come, come, come in to the rescue wide eyed and, and full of energy. And what was, what was kind of your first, first task? What was your approach to, to get it back on the rails? Yeah, a lot of it was physically cleaning it up and then, you know, putting some better structure in place, putting a point of sale in place to have a better, better track of the money. We, uh, but yeah, it was bought on September 5th of 01. So it was six days before 9 11. Mm. So I watched the planes hit the tower in the, there was a, there's a TV in the kitchen for the cooks to watch while they were chopping vegetables and stuff, which is, anyway, wow. prescription. A good for, way to lose a finger, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Uh, yeah. So we, we, uh, I saw, I watched them hit in there and then thought, well, it's, uh, might be short lived, you know? Of course, everybody's talking about how every, every small business in America is going out and all this stuff. And it was whatever. Struggle through it. But yeah, it was, um, a lot of physical repairs. You know, I was showing the kids last weekend. I put the, <laughs> put the floor down. I was like, I put this floor down overnight in 2001. So <laughs> still that's, there. That's great. It's yeah. interesting note about the P, no POS. And I've always heard uh, people in the restaurant business, which I'm sure you're about to attest to, is uh, you got to really trust your managers because stuff can just walk out the door, right? Like cash. So yeah, back then, <laughs> if there was no POS and it was all cash, it was like I, I might have lost a job once at a, as a barista <laughs> because the, these two security guards that knew me 
took a bet. What do you bet? Lee's just pocketing the tip cash and giving his buddies free drinks. This was a ski resort. They got me on video just <laughs> pocketing the tip money and give my buddies free coffee. So the cash can just walk easy. Oh, yeah. Point of sale keeps things. Now you got toast and all this crap. Like there's just, it's all electronic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting easier and easier with tech. Yep. Still got to have good people you trust. Well, yeah. Or you'll lose some tortillas or something, right? Lose <laughs> 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 all kind of things. Your mind, for one. Yeah. Uh, so we had that, and but we didn't want to stop there, right? Cain and Abel's, you're there on UT, and how do you, how do you come across that opportunity? Same business broker walked yep. into Star Seeds one day and and said, "Here, sign this NDA, and I'll tell you about a deal." And I said, "Okay, sign the NDA." And he's like, "What's well, Cain and Abel's?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, interested in that." So I mean, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Star yeah. Seeds like an artsy fartsy twenty four hour punk rock diner, you know, and Cain and Abel's is like a very uh, you know, it's a West Campus party yeah. bar. So, um, yeah, it was next summer. Bought that, and same thing. It was distressed. I, mean, I remember walking in, and the the manager was face down, passed out on the floor behind the bar, which is pretty nasty if you think about it. Anyway, and this one guy who's who's uh, actually we're reliving this with a memory with a friend yesterday. Um, my this one guy walks in. I walk in. And he says, "Hey, uh, you know, I got free drinks for life, right?" And I was like, "Huh? How do you figure? Like, I just bought the place." He pulls his pants down. He's got the logo tattooed on his ass. And he says, oh, yeah. He said, they made me a bet. If I could tattoo my, my logo, the logo on me, I'd have free drinks for life. And I was like, that was a really, that was a really bad choice. You like, <laughs> it did not. Sorry. Yeah, we're, like, not, we're not carrying that over. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, it took a lot of, that one took a lot of sorting out. It took, it took a couple months to get it profitable, but it was, it was, it had good bones. It just needed yeah. a lot of, a lot of, shoot, I put a lot of physical work into that thing. Yeah, I mean, I I went to UT. That was, I was uh, there '96 to 2001, and uh, then Mom had a condo just a couple blocks at 23rd and Leon. So mm-hmm. I was able to stick around for a year or two, um, and and it's it's amazing the um, the struggles that a lot of businesses have over there with you know 40,000 captive uh, customers right there. But it still seems like there's so much turnover. There there's just not a lot of long term long-term really successful business, especially along the drag. And, um, and I've always wondered what, what the, what the theory behind that was. You know, I think, so what I've observed over the years is every, every three or four years, there's a new bar that'll open and it's the same kind of thing over and over. The bar opens, they get a rush of people for a while. It starts to thin out. They try to supplement it with 18 year olds and 19 year olds. And then at first it seems like a great idea, Right for the for the older the upperclassmen are entertained by it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's the guys chasing the younger girls or whatever. And then after a while, it just gets where it's not fun anymore yeah. because it's not. You know, there's a big difference between an eight a freshman and a senior right. um, in college, and so they they end up starting to get the minors, and the TABC gets them, and then TABC gets them again and gets them again, and then they're done. They're done, and it's been the same cycle over and over. Now, of course, it's the real estate developers getting them instead of the right <laughs> instead of the TABC, but. It's uh yeah there's there's not a lot left besides vertical towers over there now. I know I know I had a I had a fledgling opportunity uh, entrepreneur bug and had a uh, had a snow cone stand right on twenty uh, fourth, um, well that had been just a block off Guadalupe and this was in I guess two thousand two, um, when college kids didn't have a lot of money, and they didn't and they only had credit their parents credit cards. And we didn't have the wireless POS system at the snow cone stand, so it was it was it was a struggle, a lot of struggle there. But for a minute there, I thought you were going to talking about like when you were twelve. No, I, I worked <laughs> at one restaurant. Yeah. No, this is like I, I didn't. I didn't work like there. last year. I didn't yeah. work there. Like, right? I, why didn't you tell me? About I had it? sorority girls work there. It seemed like a no brainer. But the, yeah, the cash, lack of cash, and lack of a wireless credit card machine. Wouldn't running a business around a university be like running a Strip joint, <laughs> just had too much temptation there. Joint. You know, there's too many <laughs> youngsters running around. I don't know. I don't know. So, but we did, <laughs> did, uh, did frequent to the Cain and Abel's. I was wondering, uh, I had to Google it because I couldn't remember their name, but uh, was big fans of Kings of the Motel Six. They had a weekly gig there back uh, somewhere around right when you would have took over, I guess. Maybe I don't know if you remember them at all. Yeah, it must have been right before. Okay. Me. <laughs> They, maybe or maybe it was right after me. I don't remember it, but it could have been. I swear I had some friends maybe that worked for you there. Jake Newbauer. I don't know. Oh, that sounds familiar, but I think he might have been right before me. Right before I bought it. When it was a shit show. 
<laughs> it was yeah, it was interesting, man. I finally had I had a guy named Tiny who was like six eight and twenty two inch arms come in. They always are. <laughs> yeah, Tiny Detail, comes in and yeah. <laughs> sits down and watches it while we dealt with all the steel. I kind of called me one one at a time and addressed the stealing. We did we made money from that point forward, but <laughs> I'd have Tiny watch it to make sure it didn't get trashed in the meantime. That was an interesting experience. I called Matt Lucky. You know Matt Lucky? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, well, he yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I called Matt Lucky and I said, "Hey man, I need some advice." I, you know, a friend introduced me to him and he gave me some advice and that worked. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you always got to lean on somebody once in a while, right? Like, of throw course. At me. Yeah. Thankful for those people that help you when you're getting started for sure. Right. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so you touched on the, the, the big elephant in the room with Cain and Abel's, the, the towers, towers going up there. Um, a lot of, a lot of fraternity sorority houses go, going away and some small, small apartment complexes. And that thing is, Got some density like nowhere else in in Austin. Uh, no parking. No, <laughs> it's it's impressive what they've done in the last uh, I guess about 10, 10 or twelve years or so, um, as far as bringing in housing and bringing the bringing the students away from Riverside and and Far West and, and other areas around town. But um, definitely um, driving up land values and and prices and making a a uh, one story bar restaurant like yourself uh, is going to be hard to. Hard to go long term. I guess they have a have a site plan on a on a housing project in in the works there. Maybe yeah, one was one was filing. That stuff takes forever to get done. Oh, yeah. but, but it's a challenge. And we've gone through this multiple times now with the county and and taxes and you know you just kind of you kind of deal with it as long as you can, and then eventually the county forces the forces the issue. It's pretty frustrating because the elite. You know, I think that the law is pretty clear that. Uh, you, you got to compare your property either on the market value or the comparative value. So unless you can go find another restaurant with a long-term lease or something that's got a similar size property and a similar length lease, you don't, that just sold, you don't have any right. market value. You don't have any comparable. So you pretty much have to do it off the market and you got to look at, you can't pretend like a property is not encumbered just because you want it to be a vertical tower right. encumbered with a lease. But that's what the County does. They say, well, but what if you didn't exist? Yeah. Well, but we do exist. I said, but what if you didn't? Well, what if? Well, yeah, I can, what if? Yeah, exactly. What if this wasn't, you know, what if we were on the planet Mars? I don't yeah. know. What if we can make up, but no, what not. ifs all day long yeah. if you want. But I think, I think that's the biggest challenge. I think that's like the biggest accelerator of our, of us losing the old culture in Austin is the county ignoring the encumbrances on properties when assessing taxes. And they're essentially using that strategy to drive people out. I never thought about that. So yeah, so obviously, you're if you're pricing it just on. So if it's a it's a um, you know a big uh, shady grove, for instance, that has huge huge land for parking right there, and if you don't calculate in all the trees that make it almost undevelopable at the you know with saving those, and then also if they have a long term lease in it, it obviously is worth more if there's if it doesn't have a tenant to be yeah. to be scraped and, and a tower put back. Yeah, because um, it can be developed. Like Hills Cafe is a perfect example. We had a 28 years, 27 years left on the lease. And the county came and said, well, yeah, but we could put like 700 apartments here. So give us a quarter million dollars in taxes. You know, and I don't think, a, I don't think a, you know, third party would have bought it encumbered and assessed right. it that way and right. waited 27 years to develop it. But <laughs> right. the county doesn't care. That's just, yeah, I, I never thought of that. But yeah, as as a lease a leaseholder, not the owner, you're you're on the hook for the taxes. So you're you're actually fighting them, right? Every year, normally, normally. Well, I mean, yeah, mostly someone triple or, that. Yeah, right, right, right. Interesting, interesting. Oh, so we still got a few years I've, to, and we'll we'll see. Cane we'll Nables, we'll see how long those things. I mean, the last one I did, the last site plan I did for a property. I'm not doing this one. The last one I did that was a few years. You know, yeah. So it can be it can be painfully long. Yeah. No, for sure. Depending on how complicated they are, or what's going on. So, hmm. what's the plan? Student housing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Maxing it out. Nine volt. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Let's chase that. Okay. These college kids have a lot more money than we used to. Well, they, I used their to. parents do. Their parents do. Ellis. The rents are crazy. <laughs> I know. It seems like so many kids now. I just like they don't. I mean, they're going to go to college, but I see kids that don't have jobs, and they they just have unlimited amounts of money. My sixteen year old runs around with them all the time. I'm like. It's a new world we live in. Social media and parents funding everything. Yep. What any, any chance? Uh, I've always wondered, like when these when these longtime uh, Austin institutions, if you will, that you know, are in a single single occupied structure with surface parking that obviously is is really hard to to pay pay the property taxes on. Um, 
you know, is there an opportunity for the developer to come in? And I think Hills might be doing this where they come in and redevelop it and, and, you know, give them a spot in it. Have you, have you looked at that or looking at other areas to try and try and keep it, keep it open down the road and maybe in a different location? Yeah, we've looked at other, um, yeah, we're looking at other sites. Yeah. So the plan is to, is to do another one. We need, we wouldn't either, ideally we'd buy the, buy the land or partner with somebody or some, but look at leases too. Just uh, got to find the right site. There you go. Stay away from Guadalupe. I hear that's changing a little bit here in the yeah. next ten years. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. There's got to be there's got to be a decent site over there. We just got to find the right yeah. one. Maybe maybe in Dirties could could pool together and have a have a have a keep Austin old. Uh, <laughs> keep Austin old. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That'd be, that'd, that'd should be we trademark that slogan? I think we should. Oh <laughs> uh, well, that's 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 fantastic. What. Uh, so then, then what was the what was the next big big adventure? Oh, we've done all kinds of stuff. So we got we ended up in the printing and promotional business, uh, branded products, t shirts, hats, stuff like that. And we thought this is gonna be yeah. awesome because everybody buys this stuff. Mm-hmm. It bought that bought our vendor out of bankruptcy who was making it, and then we got it, and we we're like, oh shit, everybody sells it too. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> it's a there's a lot. There's <laughs> a, the definition yeah. of a commodity. Were, were you initially thinking fraternity sororities, all theirs, or just yeah, in general just, businesses, yeah, whatever, everything? It's just kind of everything, and and right. so we ended up getting the software business through that, and that's that was right. uh, it. Turned out to be a great company. It just took it took a lot more effort than expected, but it led us into software, which was really hmm. was that the creation of Trade Logic? That was a company that was actually around already for a while, uh, but that was uh, they basically that company was used to build some of the software. Gotcha. And then yeah. you see, I did my research too. the software. You had a graphics design software that you were launching at South by. Yeah. Design. Yeah. 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 It was a cool, uh, it was a, um, we, like a digital asset manager with a workflow and a version control and a font manager all built into it. So it was, it was pretty slick. It was way ahead of its time. What, how did you, how did, what, how did you go down that road? Was it a background in graphics design or, well, so in the part of the automation of the printing and promotional company was but was a software for the graphic design department. What we realized was the designers really added the most value to the customers when they were doing actual design work and not the production side of it. The production side of it for screen was pretty complicated, and so we would we basically wanted higher throughput. So we designed this system where they could drag and drop the Adobe files natively and pull them apart, manipulate them, put them back together again for production, and then automatically send them out. Through. So it was, it was, it leveraged the rip, but it did a bunch of processes ahead of time to make it uh, print ready, essentially. Gotcha. So they could just do the design piece. And so through that, developed this software in house and then kind of spun it out and learned, learned it was on a um, desktop platform. It was written in QT, like C sharp and the QT framework mm-hmm. before the, you know, right at kind of the, the point when a lot of things were transitioning to web, but it was processing heavy um and so it was it was in, in hindsight we would have changed the architecture but overall it was it was cool to build yeah and you had fun right yeah it was good learned a lot what'd you do with it we ended up not selling it yeah, we, we, we had some beta and then it just stopped there gotcha yeah so are we still in the print business yeah 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 right. still have aztec. So you're doing your are you doing all your own what's, it called? what's it called yeah that's where we learned how to it's called aztec promotional group that's how we learned how to do the aztec or the uh el arroyo stuff so you, are you doing those in house? Is it, some of it or some of it? Some of it. El Arroyo, yeah, El Arroyo direct sources a lot of their stuff yeah. from factories because they they right. bring it in by the container load. But um, that makes sense. They've got uh, they're actually in the middle of moving a lot of the sourcing to Latin America now. So some of it's in the U.S., some's in Germany, a little bit's in Germany, and then a lot's in China. I got it. So. So, so if we want to do boom ATX shirts, hats, yeah, where, yeah, where do you, sure. you, have a, you have a storefront All website? Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's AztecWorld.com. AztecWorld.com? It's funny because I, I do – it's I know a lot of people that are in the business, but really they're just working for another company, right? That yeah. sounds familiar. Like we can get you keychains or <laughs> – Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of people in that. It's a, it's a cool business. We've had, it, we've had it for a long time. They've got lots of great connections and supplier relationships, and again, yeah. it's efficient. Is some of the in-house here? You some of it, some yeah. Print machines. Some of it's and, here. Some of it's down near San Antonio. Gotcha. Very cool. So a lot of our listeners might be in the conference conference world exhibiting. What's what's your what's your favorite? Do you have a go to something to like is off the wall that people might put their logo on? Oh might, yeah, a trinket. What's yeah, right. Thing? Like what's the 
Yeah, I always try to tell people. So it kind of depends on the company, really. I mean, I always try to tell people that the most expensive promotional product is the one that just goes in the trash. Right. And the least expensive one is the one that gets used every day. And so if you're buying frequency, you're buying – it's advertising, right. it's frequency, right? So it's the cost per impression. So I, I always look at it like try to I have a I have a bank I work with. It's like a really, really excellent bank for real estate financing. And I got a Yeti from them one time, a fake Yeti. Mm-hmm. And like the paint fell off of it the first time. <laughs> Dishwasher and it just peels off. Yeah, and I was like, okay, this is like this is not exactly the image the bank is going for. So I try to I try to help people pick you know, if they want my thoughts on it, I try to guide them towards picking a product that really matches the the product quality that they're delivering as a business. And then now we're there. Now what's going to get used the most and then work your way backwards. I like it. I worked a trade show booth for a customer. Oh, six months ago. And they bought cases of $20 Yeti cups, you know, nice, uh, the tumblers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think you can get a Yeti for $20. The longest line. Everybody at that show wanted to be at that booth. So they all learned about their product. Cause we would just hold the cup back nice. until you heard about it, you know, <laughs> versus like pens or bubble gum or squishies or, you know, everybody's got some kind of cheesy crap, but the Yeti cups did pretty damn uh, good. Yeti cups did pretty good. We did, we did the, uh, the dip trip. They're a uh, Chick-fil-A sauce holder that goes into your air vent in your car. So it keeps it cool. Gets the, gets like a little tray, little- your sauce or ketchup, put it in there. Uh, gets your logo facing you when you're driving. Nice. It's a pretty good, pretty good gimmick. Well, I like to take nice, <laughs> nice printed cups and a margarita machine. Ah, I'm yep, margarita. and just serve. Yep, serve. Yeah. Huh. I've got a couple of trade shows coming up. Got to be creative. Got to stand out. Now, as long as they'll let you bring in the margarita machine, oh, usually it's true. like you got to buy the booze through the union that does, and it's like five hundred dollars yeah. for a keg. Yeah, you know, or thousand dollars for a keg, and then you get the or or two fifty a beer, however many beers are in a keg. Yeah, and then they give you tickets or whatever. So. Uh, oh, an entrepreneur, man. Of, I read a, a quote that your your wife Paige has to reel you back sometimes on all of your ideas. Occasionally, I like it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. My wife, she's this last idea. She's like, I like that one. So, so but Leah, the rest of them you don't like. Come on, I'm working my right. ass off. Here. She's normally right. She's normally right. She's like, eh, I'm not sure about that one. No. Uh, so, so Lee, I don't know if you know this about me, but I spend a little time on LinkedIn. You do. I do. Linked, and, uh, Glenn. And it, and it is possible. Ellis has one of the longest experience uh, profiles list there. And, and most of them are still currently active. It's, 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 it's amazing. I, <laughs> that's why he is a renaissance you, you man. You can't sit still, can you? No, I'm not sitting still right now. No, you like, you're, like, you're like, let's go. Let's do something. Yeah. You I know, like I, I like to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. So while we're on, let's run through a couple of them. So Texas Restaurant Association board member. Yep. On C-SPAN. On C-SPAN. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Axial Shift President, what's what's that all about? So we built a restaurant software for so years ago, 2011, I guess. We kind of looked up and the rest we had we had eight restaurants at the time, and there was a ninth one under construction, and it was just we could see a gap coming in the experience level of the managers and leaders in the mm-hmm. restaurants. It just they hadn't had the same number of years of experience as the guys that were in the business previously had, and they just didn't have the level of investment in their knowledge. So we thought, well, what if we can take some of that information that's already on the POS system and share it with them? We can we can really accelerate their learning. And so we we started to basically build like Excel macros. You could pull it out and transform it and share it with them, build customized plans. It worked really well. It was just a tremendous amount of work. Um, and uh, we ultimately ended up not being able to scale it. It was just too much burden for the manager. So I tried to talk a local software company called Hot Schedules into building it. And Hot Schedule, they, they already had – taken a couple rounds of funding and were on the way to another exit and just, they couldn't deviate their course of action. So I moved some of the guys from the Aztec team and we, we built it ourselves. So it's essentially a a platform that's just totally focused on the unit level employees and restaurants. And how do we, how do we, we evolved it from just sharing information with the managers to how do we improve the experience of the frontline people. So we'd literally stand in a restaurant and be like, why did you have to go to the office? Oh, I had to go get like a phone list. Okay, great. We put that in the app. Why did you, you know, have to take an invoice? Great. We'll put the processing with the camera phone. How, you know, why did that person quit? Oh, they thought they were earning 13 bucks an hour, but they're really earning 21 bucks an hour. Okay. We need more wage transparency. And just, just one thing at a time iterated the employee experience until we got it like super awesome. And then did it under the radar. Um, and then this last year actually hired a couple of the co-founders of hot schedules to be our 
COO and CTO. And we just went out publicly in April, rebranded Axial Shift. and Oh, awesome. Yeah. And that's an app? Yeah, it's, you, a, it's an app. But it's for internally at restaurants? Web, yeah, web and mobile. I mean, it'll, it can apply to other verticals. We're mainly selling it to restaurants now. So we get customers all over the U.S., a few internationally, some Bali, Jamaica, and Australia. But um, Sounds like a road trip. Yeah, that's right. You got to get tested out. You got to go see that's it in right. action, right? Right off. I mean, it makes <laughs> sense. Restaurant guys getting into the restaurant software business. We've already made a lot of mistakes on the other software platforms. And <laughs> but okay. Right. Yeah. Well, it kind of reminds me. Got those me, under I mean, our belt. Matt has that system that FBR was using. It, like at the concerts. Matt Lucky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I was just at Lollapalooza, and those guys said that it's no longer a part of FBR or something. So they spun an offer. I don't know what they did, but. Yeah, I actually talked to those guys. We've got a um, we have a tube rental company in Green called Rock and R. Okay, you rent what? the tubes and float down the river. <laughs> just just so I was talking about three using weeks that. ago. Yeah, yeah, at Rock and R. Uh, yeah, well, we, my sister was getting married. Uh, they're in Green at the I don't know, Green Estates, I think. So we passed by it. Uh, so I, as, as, while we're talking about that, tell me the secret of hiring people in New Braunfels or Green specifically. The the uh, what's the big restaurant? Uh, Gristmill. The Gristmill. They had like, I don't know, 80 high school kids working, waiting, could speak and, and tap things. And then I went by the Rock and R and y'all have like, not extra people, but like two people waving flags when usually there probably wouldn't even be one these days. What, what, is it just a different culture down there? High school kids want to work or it's cool to yeah, work there? Have, yeah, our team down there hadn't had much of too much challenge, I don't think. I mean, it's like. Anywhere else, it's a big hiring season. They got to staff up, right. but I think you know it's a consistent work experience, and people have been doing it year after year after year. And we got a good team. I mean, most really, we didn't. We got short staffed like everybody else, even in Austin. But we're we're pretty much fully staffed at this point, and we didn't have the same. We also didn't lay anyone off either during COVID, yeah. so we didn't have the same level of. I feel like those small towns, and I, I consider that area still small town, like Hayes County Store. It's loaded with high school kids from from that area, right? And they're yeah. what do they have to do? They work at Hayes County store, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, they're not, they can't run wild around downtown Austin, you know? Yeah. So, a little different experience. I think. So I don't know that the rock and R is on the LinkedIn website, web page. I don't think I put it on oh, there yet. Man, how, how long has this been a thing? It's uh, November of last year. Oh, fantastic. I'm a little delayed updating it. Very good. Now, how often do you go float? I have not been to float since we bought it, actually. Oh, oh. We, we should have a Linked Glen float trip with Ellis. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely should. We'll rent a bus with Fetty. <laughs> yes. like we had Fetty on, yeah. and we all go down and float the river. When there, is there water? Yeah. There it's low. Right? It's low, but there's still plenty of water. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's got to be a pretty good seasonal business. It's I hot out. It's yeah, it's yeah. great business. And we're, we're uh, start, starting up an events business down there. Okay, and so. I would think even the new with the new ownership of of uh, Schlitterbahn uh, would even be be helpful because I feel like if they're doing some improvements and things, bringing more families in, they're might, maybe not going to go to Schlitterbahn every day. Maybe they're like, oh, we'll just try out the river. So I feel like that, yeah, that could even even be uh, the the hotels are uh, a bit pricey there in New Braunfels during the summer. Uh, we found out. <laughs> yeah, there's a shortage there's of a shortage. Yeah. yeah, we're doing an overnight stay park, like RV park, okay. essentially mini houses and yeah. Hotel and stuff. So is that right by the the Rock and R? Yeah, on land near it. Okay, uh, and on that, well, on, near like on the same property as Rock and R on the river, just further down. Right up. Yeah, this guy's got it all. I'm, I'm liking it. All right, so we're moving on. So we got the Marabou Development Group. We're, we're developing things. Are we developing Rock yeah, and R? Yeah. So we did a couple ground up buildings and or ground up building and a total refit. So the old Arts Rib House on South Lamar. Yeah. So I I tried to restore that in the city. Made us tear it down and start over. So we built a three-story um, retail and office right there. And then the old Cool River building we had. You know oh, where the Cool up River was? Up north, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so we took that down to the sticks and put a second floor under the existing roof and turned it into an office building. It's office now. Okay. Yeah. Old cool River, there's some memories. Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> there's a, a lot of sanitizing. <laughs> this place was a mess. Was, speaking of. Speaking it was, of, uh, man, I remember my first time there. Yeah. You got into the sanit- hand sanitizer business. Did I hear that on one of the previous Oh, episodes? yeah, we did that during COVID. <laughs> I had a buddy who had uh, he has a chemical factory right outside of Mexico City, and so he, uh, he's a good, really good friend. He's like, man, I got all this food grade, like, you know, essentially what you use for rum, mm-hmm. alcohol. And I've just, I got like 600,000 extra liters of it. I was like, he's like, you think you could sell it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's just make a hand. So I remember going to, so we, we made a hand sanitizer brand and we sold it to State Farm and Chase and uh, who was one of the other, 
big one, Buc- Bucky's, Whole Foods. And uh, I it's remember- watery, right? It's because it's, it's like Tito's did it, right? They were mm-hmm. putting it out and it said, do not drink this. It's a gel, but it's it was like a lighter gel, okay. so it would pour out easier. And so we, um, yeah, I remember we went to, so Bucky's, we were working with them on the, on the recipe for it. And I remember I had to go to Mexico to get the sample. So I remember walking across the bridge in Laredo. And to get these, <laughs> to get these samples, and I walked past all the guys with the M16s, you know, and through the the spray tunnel that they had, and they were actually like much more careful about COVID than we were. Um, but so I walk across the street, and and some guy opens his trunk, and I get a couple HEB bags full with two gallons of hand sanitizer each, and just walk right back into the U.S. And I, as I'm walking back, I'm looking at all the the border security guards, and I'm thinking, when do you guys want to check what's in these bags? Nothing. I, mean, I just cruised right in. Just strolled right back. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, couple so, of pounds of blow. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I was like, wow, we're uh, taking this real seriously. Uh, They're more worried about COVID at that point, right? Yeah, than anything else, probably, huh? They probably would have confiscated it if they knew what it was. They probably were short themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so that was our final. Sample. So, did you sell that through the um, Aztec? Aztec sold some of it. Um, we set up another company. It was called Hey Sanitize, and then we had uh, um, – and then El Arroyo did a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. So they had uh, several different sayings on them, and then that's okay. what that's what Whole Foods did was the El Arroyo one. And I think they've just sold out of the last of that. There you go. Close people to aren't, it. People aren't worried about clean hands as much anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I read that you were a cable puller too. You put in some phone lines. Oh, yeah. I've, I, I've built a lot of very messy racks. <laughs> that's awesome. I get progressively better, but never good. Come to me. I'm, I'm your rat guy. Yeah. There you go. So, so these businesses and, uh, and I want to hear the story about what I, what I think might be one of the most expensive, expensive weddings ever when it's all said and done, but might work out pretty good. I don't know. We, we bought a wedding venue. Uh, oh, Abel's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my wife tried to rent it to get married there. Abel's uh, on the lake. Yeah. Abel's on the lake. She wanted to rent it to get married there. And at the time a bank controlled it. And, um, so we told the broker, we just want to rent it to get married there. And they said, not a chance. Like the bank wants to get this thing off their balance sheet and there's no way. And it's not, it was a fairly complicated deal. There was, there was some loans they'd gotten handed to them and some that they, anyway, essentially we went to the bank and said, we're not going to pay those old loans, but you can be our partner if you want. Mm. And so the bank said, okay, and we ended up with the bank as a business partner, much to the chagrin of the uh, regulators. Um, and we were partners on it for years, and the regulators eventually made them sold, sell their part. But, yeah, that's how we ended up getting in that. We put our wedding back a year, built the wedding venue on top. I'll never forget the the, the contractor who was building it, um, basically uh, wasn't going to finish on time. He, he called me while I was on the way to my bachelor party and said <laughs> – Hey, I know your wedding is coming up in a couple of weeks, and I said, "Like me too." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, we need to, we need to get this thing done." He goes, "Well, here's the deal: I'm not going to finish it on time unless you give me an extra ten grand." So I called my wife and I said, "Paige, this guy's or this guy's gonna, you know, he's trying to shake us down for ten grand and threatening to mess up our wedding. What do you want me to do?" And she goes, "Screw that guy, fire him." And I go, "Really?" And she goes, "Yeah, we'll figure it out." And I thought, "Oh man, I'm marrying the right woman at least." <laughs> yeah, you know, I got a bunch of bullshit to deal. With. Pardon my language, a bunch of stuff to deal yeah. with, but. No anyway, pardons on our podcast. Yeah. She uh, and so anyway, I called him and said, "You're fired. Get off the job site." And uh, I'll, you know, we can talk about it when I get back to Austin. But in the meantime, I'm not going to think about it and don't come <laughs> back. So anyway, he had a guy named Tom. Tommy Romer was his foreman, and uh, Tommy was like, "That ain't right." And he's like, "I'm not letting that happen." And and uh, it was like a six man crew or something. And Tommy hadn't been paid in like two yeah. weeks or something. And so Tommy's like, "I need to, I need to get paid, but I'll." I'll make sure it's done. And no shit. He finished it himself. It worked for you basically by himself. He finished it right in time for the wedding. Six man job, you know, like day and night. I remember he was, I wouldn't go down there one night. He was like in the river in March, uh, cause underwater welding bracing to hold the structure up. And so he was like freezing. We're going to get him like a steak and shrimp and a hot (laughs) cup of water with lemon and go grab a wetsuit from somebody's boat that I knew. And, you know, anyway, it's amazing what people do. And yeah, some people, you know, you really find out what people are made of in yeah. situations like that. It's pretty cool. I've heard that story from so many people that at the last minute, the contractor came and said, Oh, we, we can't finish this. We're going to need another X. And it's just, they just strong arm you. Yeah. They know they got you. I hear a lot of it from like residential, right? We're getting remodeled and they're just not going to finish the roof. The rain's going to get in unless you pay them money. 
I've noticed pool contractors are really good at starting to dig the hole. They get your <laughs> deposit, they get that hole started real bit, and then they go to the next hole to start and maybe come back and finish it <laughs> 18 months later or whatever, right? Yeah, because they know they got you, and they know everybody else is wanting a pool or whatever it is. And Yeah, they've got your money, right? your, yep. your deposit. Nobody wants to take over somebody's job when it's half started. Right, yeah, you, you yeah, if they're yeah. So this is this Cain and Abel's or Abel's on the lake, so it's right next to, to Hula Hut. Yep. Who who had a revolving door of, of tenants. Yep. Uh, I guess before you the the I think I understand the most successful one was owned by the the Hula Hut Chewies group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and then but then Chewies went public and and decided that wasn't part of their corporate branding, I guess, or maybe or Yeah, as I understand it, I think they sold Hula Hut also. Oh, okay. And they sold they closed this one, and they – I'm not sure what they did with Shady Grove. I think they – I don't know what they're involved yeah. what, what they did with that. But, um, but yeah, they were, I think, simplifying after – Yeah. Do we, do we any idea, any in, in, insider info on Shady Grove besides becoming the next graffiti park? I don't know. I, I figured it was uh, – something was impending, but I, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I don't know. Too many too – many. I haven't looked either. There yeah. might be a site plan working. Those, those, those uh, pecan trees are going to be expensive. Community to, first. First, there you go. Right downtown, it's probably already sure. half zoned for RVs. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he made the point that the city wasn't going to let it happen yeah. in ours, Austin. That's why he's way out there. There you go. So Abel's on the lake. So what year was that? So that's been that was oh nine. Good that was, run. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was May. Uh, May it was it was uh, Memorial Day of oh nine. Well, hard to believe. It's a long time ago now. It is thirteen. Yet years. not so far away. As quick as the years go by, I'm just like they just tick along now. Especially with COVID, you don't know what we're already halfway through this year. (laughs) That's crazy. So then, a handful of young still. How old are you? Forty-one. You're just a youngster. Yeah. Many, many more institutions (laughs) to save. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've 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 done my share of the institution saving at this point. That's uh. Yeah. Yeah, but so yeah. Speaking of that, what is the what is the uh, what is the idea? Moving forward, do you, do you do you like the buying an existing brand, or do you think you you'd ever want to just completely do a, a new from ground up brand restaurant? Try and try and put your own spin to things from from the very beginning. Yeah, I think we're gonna focus. I, I like buying stuff that's yeah. got it's got good bones and right. character and history. I mean, you can't replace history. It's not it can't be created overnight. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. Like on the Cain and Abel's thing, somebody was asking me about that the rebuild. And I said, you know, it's the, the cool thing about Cain and Abel, my wife and I met there. I know about 30 other people who met their significant other there. I've seen six or seven engagements and I know three people who have the logo tattooed on their ass. <laughs> so, you know, like you can't, and none not of a, them have free drinks for life. None of them have free drinks for life. <laughs> so, you know, you can't replace that right. kind of stuff. And right. so that's pretty cool to me. I, I love that. Um, there's always a lot to sort out when you get in, in reposition and stuff. But no, I think we're probably, you know, I think we're going to grow what we have and yeah. focus on that. I mean, there's not much left. To, there's not much left Correct. to save at this point. Most of them kind of got wiped in, in one fell swoop, one decade. You know. Yeah, and and then COVID came and quickly got the ones that were maybe maybe hanging on there at the end. Uh, well, at this point too, if you're if you're saving them, you're probably saving them from property taxes, and you don't want to inherit that. Mm-hmm. Right. You, right. The, this, the town's booming. Right. You you're just gonna have the same problem they are. Well, that's yeah. the thing because all the all the uh, old time. Restaurants are built around, like I said, a single occupant building with huge surface parking lots. Mm-hmm. And the land is, is what on the property taxes really, really has escalated uh, and really kills you because, again, they're taxing you as if it's a, a potential for a 40, 40 foot or 40 story uh, high rise or something. Right? Yeah, and it really wasn't as much of a problem when you're like, it was a problem for the Hills Cafes and the mm-hmm. Shady Groves of the world who had large enough acres, where acres, they could yeah. do, you know, they could do a six story building and and the numbers work, but now people are doing 25, 30 story buildings. Right. And so they're getting on smaller and smaller footprints. And so, yeah, you know, I think development's a good thing. I just wish we could do it in a way that didn't that preserve some of our, right. like, the, the, the reason that preserve some of the things that brought people here. Right. What makes Austin, Austin. Yeah. A lot of it. Right. Cause yeah, even if you look at, you know, yeah. Could the developer keep the tenant or bring the tenant back? Um, like I think they, I think stream had tried to do with Hooters on the rivers. No, that's, that's a joke, <laughs> but, but even if, you know, if they could, if they have a, a restaurant uh, location, uh, let's just say, uh, uh, Sandy's hamburgers, right. Um, obviously there's some land there. If Waterburger could ever be included in the deal and, and, uh, and you want to do a Sandy's in the ground floor, 
um, you know, it's just it's just going to be a name at that point by the time the three years of it being developed, and right. then now you have brand new brand new facility. It's it's you know it's so you know that's hard to so how do how does Austin moving forward keep the Austin feel and not turn into a to a Dallas, uh, you know, if you will. Well, that's fair. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's going to be some. I mean, people are going to choose to develop their land, and, and you can't. I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do. Right. I think that. I think the really challenging part for me is when the county forces the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, when when it's like the land is clearly encumbered. Right. I think that's. I think that's the biggest. That's the hardest one for me to swallow because they're just. They're just the county's deciding for the private businesses what they're what's going to happen. I guess I don't like being told what to do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who are the who's the the family or brothers or father and son that has um uh, uh right there on Lake Austin Boulevard the uh uh the bar across from Old Maudie's uh, or the old oh um uh, drawing a blank here yeah the the, the pool Deep Eddie Deep Eddie, Eddie Cabaret. Cabaret yeah yeah Did, didn't uh, didn't uh, kind of a similar story I mean, maybe not a similar story but uh, somebody bought that to save it uh, do you know that? yeah that's Will Bridges I think okay. And did they are they also involved in Cisco's? Are they kind of some yeah, somewhat. I and he's I I think uh maybe um Lambert's Okay as well. Okay, yeah. So there's others out there still with, yeah. with some with some hope. When Cisco's just got historic landmark yeah. designated, what, two days ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So that that would have to be a good argument at the county, right? <laughs> I had yeah, it mean, one does time. Does that I, in? Well like, yeah, because it can be can. redeveloped or it can't be torn down. I guess so. yeah, I think so. I mean, I I mean, at one point I had a, uh, I had to hire an engineer and a contractor to design a building to prove that the, on this particular site I would lose a million and a half dollars by trying to build a building. <laughs> <laughs> it's like preposterous, you know. I got to anyway, yeah. It's always so, an interesting discussion. So so now we're now we're getting up to getting up to El Royal. I mean the the. Progression here is fascinating. Now, now that now the real interesting one. How, how how did this one come about? This one, obviously, you've taken and run with it and made it made it in quite the Austin brand. Yeah, we were uh, so we were catering an event next to each other, and and met uh, the old owner. We ended up talking about it. I don't know how the conversation started originally. It was kind of a blur. My wife was pregnant with our twins, and she was on bed rest. And I just remember we negotiated the final deal points from the cafeteria at the St. David's North Hospital while she was on <laughs> she was on bed rest. And she she says it's like she's like that was while I was having the baby. That is not true. <laughs> it's just not true. Uh, it was it was like the day before, <laughs> so two days before. But yeah, we we uh, yes, yeah, so we bought it February of 2012. Um, and yeah, went to work on it. I mean, it was a it was a very Interesting challenge. We really focused on building a brand voice with the sign. I mean, okay. the sign was always funny. Right. Um, sometimes it was pretty edgy. I mean, the staff would get a lot of calls <laughs> in the mornings. Um, Before you bought it? Like old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we uh, we focused on a brand voice that would really make people feel good, really connect with them. And it was just over time. I mean, a lot of like late nights laying in bed. I used to lay in bed and like every time somebody likes your po- liked your post, if you had less than a hundred thousand Facebook followers, you could invite them to like your page, but it was like one at a time. You scroll and it'd like give you ten more, and it was. I got to like sixty five thousand people before I realized there was like a JavaScript for eighteen dollars that would do that automatically. Oh wow! Yeah, you like, oh. yeah. So then you invented your own service that didn't, no, no, I just bought this thing for eighteen <laughs> bucks. For 18 and bucks saved myself like a thousand hours. Uh, Right, but I mean that Fifth Street. I mean that's like one of the main entrances into downtown, right? For a for a that, lot that of people, was a great yeah. yeah. Last Queso stopped for a bunch of yoga studios, right? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good that's one. Yeah. And so at that time, did you was there still the the B Cave or a couple any other locations, or you just were there was the one on Far West? Okay, okay. And then a licensee in Arlington. So we we uh, we ended up closing the one on Far West, mm-hmm. and so we're basically recentering the brand and then go grow it again. Very good. Very good. Well. It's definitely a brand. I mean, oh. the airport or uh, was it was an A town. I just discovered A town on yeah. Burnett Road. Oh my gosh, this place is an Austin, uh, Austin gift mecca. I mean, oh, it, it's awesome. It has it has a whole room. I feel like of the all the all the El Arroyo things. Yeah, they move a lot of it. Yeah, they've got product. They've got about six hundred SKUs now. They sell them in retailers in forty eight states in Canada. <laughs> it's fantastic. I'm not much of a social media guy, but I told my wife we were having you on, and she was like. 
that sign's so popular. Like people I'm friends with that have never been to Texas share <laughs> the sign all the time on social media and they, you know, they have no connection to yeah. it. It's just great taglines. Right. You got, yeah. You got the governor involved and on its, on its theft. Yeah. On the uh, April fool's <laughs> joke. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that alone, fun. you must make some money off the social media aspect of it because social media is geared around followers and likes. And we'll, we won't do like paid advertisements on it or anything. We get asked a lot, but we do, we'll do partnerships from time to time with people. And, you yeah. know, they did, they're in partnerships with Netflix and Bumble and Mac Jack and McConaughey, their deal. And, yep. um, gosh, a whole litany of them. It's got a life of its own. Yeah. It's got a life of its own. It's, it's cool. I mean, you sit there and eat lunch and people like drive by, get out of their car, take pic, put their arms around it, take pictures with it. Like it's an old friend. I mean, you know, it's your sign. You know, I love you so much. Uh, the sign in front of Whole Foods. I was going to say, yeah, that was the ATX sign. The new one, yeah. I mean, there's a few things half. in town that are like, you got to go do it. Right. And you've got one of them. Yeah. Or climb up to the 360 bridge cliff and risk your life. For a picture. Get that selfie. Of the yeah. bridge. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so the merch has to be a, a good, complete separate business almost, right? I mean, is it, it is, yeah. Right? So it has to. Full-time job for a bunch of people. Yeah, they've got about 12 maybe employees that work for that wow. company now. They've got a fulfillment center in Waco and they ship out of. and um, Yeah, it's been pretty cool. I've heard Waco is, was or is like the um, um, franchise capital of Texas or something. There was, franchise know, restaurants? Or no, like just businesses. I don't remember if it was I'm trying to think what it was. Uh, there was like one, uh, one of the one of the workout facilities, studios for for like older women, uh, whichever one that was. I think it was started. There were so many of them were started there. I don't remember. My, my boss was telling me he's had some time in Waco. But feed him your fool's roll idea. Oh yeah, yeah. So while we're on the font, so I don't know. Do you know uh, Cord Shiflet and his fool's roll? I've seen it. Uh, I've so, never participated. So, it looks so, like fun. So we have ponied up our our entry fee for next year. We're trying to come up with uh, with a car theme. And we just it goes back and forth weekly. Like, oh, we were, look. yeah, we were, we've had a lot of terrible ideas, but we just had one today. What if we did one that was the El Arroyo sign, like, like a mobile sign, all the way to sides. Vegas and back? We're not get back. a lot of advertising. You got to stay in Vegas. You stay in Vegas. You do lose some control after we sell it. In Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It would get. You know how many pictures it would get oh, on the man. highway because it just seems like, like I said, all people know about it, but they've never seen it. Right, they've just seen pictures. They'd be like, "Oh, look!" It's like, like when I did when I saw Knight Rider the other day. I was like, "Look, it's Knight Rider on a flatbed. Let's do that." Oh, but it's going to San Antonio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got an El Arroyo bus with a sign. The whole back of the bus is a sign that swings out. Has margarita oh. taps coming out the side of it. <laughs> Can we borrow that? It's, we got to sell it when we get to Vegas. When it's eventually ready, my my uh, one of my mentors is a banker, and he uh, he's like, "Hey, you want to buy this bus?" And if a banker ever asks you if you want to buy a bus, you should say no. <laughs> Cause yeah, it's like, it's been like two years and a lot of money gone into it, but, uh, it's going to be awesome when we finally get it. So it'll be like a pro- promotional bus or a taco truck or yeah, I think we'll do events with it. Taps. Yeah, we'll do events. It's got, so it's got limo seating in the front and it's got a full kitchen in the back with margarita taps coming out the side. I mean, that thing should be right in the middle of ACL <laughs> yeah. music festival. So right? we took the sign, the sign goes to ACL. It went last year. I don't know if they're doing it this year or not. It went, went last year and they used it to introduce all the new, the new acts. Yeah. Like on the big screen, and people were taking pictures with it the whole time. It was really kind of fun. <laughs> is that a duplicate sign? No, it was the actual it's sign. The so then what the do you do sign. when it's gone? We like made a temporary. I, I think what they did, they either made a temporary sign or they were going to like project the sign onto something. I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly what they did. I just did Lollapalooza. That'd be another g- good place for it. I lost my phone. I got it stolen at Lollapalooza. <laughs> but uh, sidetrack tech talk. You do any um. Like two-step authentication, yeah. We we've started, yeah. And we'll wait till you lose your phone, yeah. And then and then I try to log in from the hotel room, and oh, oh right, well, right. we just sent a code to your phone <laughs> to log in. Well, the bad guys have my phone, and so I I tracked the thing. It went like fifteen twenty miles west of Chicago, and then went dark. And I had anyway. that I had that experience tracking an iPad in San Antonio one time. Same thing, right? Until until you. Until you tell it to erase it. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem. I couldn't get in to Google to erase it because I couldn't two-stop authenticate it. Hmm. So I've we really had learned this is a big problem. 
<laughs> yeah, we had the other problem. We had somebody steal an iPad and then turned on two-step authentication with their cell phone number. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So and like, then they have access uh, to everything. So either way, iPad. you're screwed, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, so I did stop by today, took a picture of the sign today. Whoever said out of sight, out of mind, never had a roach disappear in their room. Uh, so looking at the picture, I, I was thinking, well, the, the, the sign must be secure. Uh, it looks like it's just in the middle of the parking it's lot. Extraordinarily it's extraordinarily heavy, heavy. But, I mean, it has some to drunk people be, are pretty creative. I mean, I, <laughs> it has to essentially be disassembled to be moved. Yeah. yeah. In pieces. Like with a grinder. Like uh, it's, it's all welded together. It's you extraordinarily don't, you don't, you don't think 12 big uh, UT football players in a flatbed could... Send me that. I, I need a picture of today's sign because we were eating in a tavern uh, in Chicago, this Irish pub in the basement. And uh, I reach, I look over and I like, hey, that's a roach. And it was on the table. And then one of the guys flicked it. And then all of a sudden it was going up the wall. And that just, yeah, even though it was out of sight, uh-huh. it was not still, out of mind as you were still. eating your crunchy tacos. You're like, hmm. <laughs> What's in this meat? Mm. So, so you think you're 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 kind of good with your current restaurants? What do you think the future of Austin uh, restaurants? I mean, we definitely at one point I'm I'm convinced we had the highest capita of local restaurants per per capita in the, in the country, um, but obviously we've lost some lost some good ones uh, over the last decade or so. Um, what, what do you think? Are we going to just continue to see new concepts coming in from, from new developers, new, new chefs and things uh, at, at the higher price points that kind of are able to, to make the numbers work? Um, do you think some of the long, long-time players will, will continue to, to make a go of it and maybe find different revenues like the, the El Royal merchandise or, or some other, other things to help, help build a brand that has more than one revenue stream of just, just, uh, just the food? Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's it's changed fast over the last ten years. There's been a big, big jump up in average price, right? You know, and so I don't know that Austin's trending towards being a much more expensive community. I think the merch and the products and all that was was really related to the voice of the business. I think the the sign is kind of the medium for transmitting the voice, sure. but I I think um, I think it's kind of hard to. I don't. I don't know if that's a very, like a repeatable model, right, but right. I'd be really interested to see how. Um, I mean, certainly it's repeatable. It'd just be challenging to repeat right. it. I don't know. Uh, you know, who knows? I mean, the, the, I, I think the restaurants. I think there's room for some stuff that's good and it's at a lower price point. But there also doesn't seem to be that many people who care about price these right. days. I mean, most of the people who care about that can't afford to live in right. this town anymore. So it's all getting everybody's getting pushed out. Yeah, or they're coming on vacation and money doesn't matter. Or yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's getting tremendously expensive. Right. What do we have a fifty six percent I keep coming back to property taxes. It bothers me, but yeah, yeah. It's like, well it, it it affects you. And it drives it just drives call it's driving Austin to be like a San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or something. Yeah, and it really starting you know this year it's getting worse and worse, but it, it, it does frustrate me when, when all the as the as the valuations are coming out now they're setting the budgets and, and they'll they'll say the average homeowner uh, taxes will only go up, you know, twelve dollars. Well, yeah, because they're homesteaded and they have this and that. But a homeowner, a landlord, is still a homeowner, <laughs> mm-hmm. and his property taxes are going up, you know, four thousand dollars overall. And now we're adding all this, and same with commercial. There's well, no the community right? pays it, right? I mean, the community, yeah. the people leasing the buildings, right. or the people buying the hamburgers, or whatever. Right. I mean, the community pays it, or renting just- the house or apartment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it gets passed on. So it's it's uh, and I and I'm still convinced the home the homestead is, is just a thing because people that own homes are more likely to vote. <laughs> yeah, they just changed the homestead rules uh, this year, but they're not implementing it as it's written. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we did just get back from a plane trip to to Atlanta, uh, and the Austin airport has done an unbelievable deal, kind of programming that out there making it uh, just a little, little microcosm of, of Austin yeah. food. Uh, now are those operated by the, by the brands or is that through a, it has to be through a contract with the, through TSA, they have to be on. Yeah. I think it's either parodies or Delaware North. Okay. And so they'll operate them. And, and I think you have varying levels of influence over the product. So I think I want to say Salt Lake takes all their own product out there mm-hmm. or, right. and then on the other end of it, extreme it might be they just buy from yeah whoever and get whatever product 
is the, is the least expensive or whatever they think is they can get they can make work with the least cost. Um, I think for, I think they do a really good job out there for them. that real that refit of the airport was fantastic. Yeah, yeah that, that seems like a good business model. Somebody could maybe take and run with down downtown and have a, a food court, right? Of of all the of all the classic classic brands. Everything that's disappeared, right? Well, yeah, because yeah. you know you you you're just paying the your lease is just uh, whatever the kitchen space is, and then shared a common common one hundred South seating. Congress, right? Where Easy Tiger was, right down in that basement. Uh-huh. Yeah, they've got a food court down there, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a little little more fancy, high end, new new concepts and things. I was thinking more like the old post office. Well, They're the, on Sixth yeah. Street. Well, that would be yeah <laughs> something that's got a big parking lot, service area. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love. I think all these guys, they, for the most part, I think the guys that have all. the you know, everybody who survived COVID, I think, is generally doing a really good job in the restaurant yeah. business. You know, it's just changed a lot. It's the, right. the pricing's high. Survived COVID. You ever imagined? I mean, you, you never imagined you'd go through something like that. No. Just was that was total, crazy. Total trip, huh? Yeah. Especially being a restaurant owner. You're sitting at home there for that first week going, well, I mean, I was sitting at home pounding wine thinking, well, that's awesome. So we're, we're all going to die. Or got a week off and it's all <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching. So I remember watching, and it was either Saturday night or Sunday night. I was watching what was happening in Taiwan and how they were reacting to it. And then I called our team and I said, "Cancel all the food orders. I think they're going to shut us down tomorrow or the next day." And so, sure enough, they canceled them all. And so we had at least a little bit of. We kind of committed ourselves that that was going to happen before it happened, and we just committed to figuring out how we could sell margaritas to go. <laughs> and so, you know. It I mean, worked. It, it was great. I would live right by a Waterloo, and I was going and getting margaritas to go like crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. you just put the tape over the over the lid, and it's sealed. I mean, this is genius. Yeah, and there was really. I mean, it worked out great. And there was no. There wasn't like any public safety issues that were right. unusual. Or anything. It was just. It was just like wow. This gave everybody at least something. Something to hope for. Something yeah. fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing any bumps in the road now from the flare ups of the current? strain that's out no, no i don't it even seems pretty normal now yeah. yeah i think i mean i know a bunch of people that have gotten covid again yep. recently but i don't think anybody's and they all sweating it to, too much no not like they were it's gonna be a part of life i guess i guess historical yeah <laughs> like you said you survived it you came out you're doing good yeah yeah i mean we lost um i forget the percentage offhand but there was a meaningful number of restaurants that were yeah. lost or COVID, but you know, there's a, a normal, a normal attrition cycle anyway. And then, right. um, anyway, I think I think all things considered, I know the U.S. fared a whole lot better than other than other places. We're we're um, doing some stuff down in Costa Rica now, and and they had very little support, right? The government, so it's really shut uh, down, stay home. Well, in different states, right? Texas did better than California. Oh, like local percent. politics, right? It's like, yeah, no, you you can be open. And it's your livelihood. And yeah. I think they're still struggling out there with not being able to open up certain things. Yeah. Yeah. We have restaurant software customers all over in Illinois and New York and California and Florida and everywhere. And it's amazing the difference that of what their experiences were during COVID. Still doing, you're still in the Texas Restaurant Association? Yeah. President? No, no, no. I'm on the board of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've uh, exhibited a couple times at the TRA show. Oh, did you do it this year? That's the best show ever. Yeah. No, I didn't do this year, but I have a USB outlet that you can put like around your bar or restaurant to charge phones. And so we had a booth there a couple times and talk about walking around and stuffing your face <laughs> with food and booze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where yeah, was it, where was it this year? Dallas. It seems like everybody there's a lot more focused on the big distributors with food and beverage and a lot less on the tech, unless maybe POS. Yeah, I mean, we had so we exhibited there this year for Axial, and we had an our experience was that um, people were really looking for solutions and engaged, and mm. there's definitely people walking around with food and drink. But <laughs> gotcha. The uh, well, if you ever walk across the street to Matt's place at the Mean Eyed Cat, the USB chargers are all under his bar. Oh, nice! And in the back, I we put those in like three weeks before COVID. Okay, and nice. it was just like <laughs> nobody's going to use those. Yeah. Uh, but they opened back up, and, yeah, and, and now people are using them. And now life life goes on. We're doing good. Well, very good. Well, Ellis, this is uh, this has been great. Uh, fascinated by um, all that you somehow managed to do. 
Um, appreciate the, the the saving saving of some of the some of the institutions here. Best best of luck on Cain and Abel's. Uh, if I if I see a good uh, West Campus location, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, Anybody, spread the word. Any listeners out there got a good idea? Let's 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 uh, see what we can do. Let's put together a float trip. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. The Let's Rock not and R. Forget that. Absolutely. We've got the Rock and R. I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we got to reel you in though. We, we, he's pretty good at getting <laughs> busloads of people to go do stuff. <laughs> yeah. He got a busload of people to ride a double decker tour bus around Austin and look at all the new construction projects, yeah. and then end at Rainy Street and have a okay. happy hour at a bar. Yeah. So. Yeah. It wouldn't be hard to lure a bunch of folks onto a bus to go. And we were just talking earlier uh, offline about how hot it is, so I'm sure we could go tubing in October, maybe November. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if this when, it's a, when it's in the 90s. <laughs> when right. it cools down to the 90s, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Awesome. Very about good. time we had somebody in uh, from the restaurant business. There you go. A- amongst other things. AztecWorld.com. Yeah, for all your promotional products. needs. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Remember that some LinkedIn linked Glenn hats. I think might be might be being ordered. And soon. I might give away some uh, soccer tickets. Oh, that's right. That's I'm gonna right. make everybody answer a question about something I talked about. Well, we'll see how that goes. Boom. Right. What is it? Info at boomatx.com. Info at boomatx.com. All right. Contest on the way. Should I take us out? Take us out. Mm-hmm.